hey, J-Dub, hey, man, I love the Joe Pep thing. You boys are working. You're working very well. You, you, you're, you're a professional, man. You are, you and Jay Stone, y'all are professionals. Listen, next episode, baby, <laughs> moving like that. I got a boy for you, man. Hit me, man. So I can tell you, you going to love this. <laughs> no, 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 no. I can't do it. I can't do another show, I'm telling you. I can't top myself. I did shows all last year. I can't do another year of shows. All right, fine. Here we go. Dispatches from Planet Funk. It's the Aced Out Podcast. Dedicated to all whom the man tried to ace out. By profiting from the soul. Without stopping to give props to the prophets of soul. Uh-huh. That's correct. This is Ace Allen, a.k.a. Barack Wayne. And we're brought to you by the letter P. Sponsored by Pete. People for the ethical treatment of ear holes. And all of us here... We are Funkonaut fam affiliated. That's right. Because funk is spelled fun with a K. That's why they pronounce it funky. Right, Jay? That's my favorite word. And you know what else? People ask me, they say, how could you be unethical to an ear hole? Well, you could play Ed Sheeran into that ear hole. No. It's like junk food going right in there. <laughs> That's like basically dumping a bag of chips in your ear hole. You know, some Madonna. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but that's okay, because we just got done interviewing a genius, Jay Stone, a drummer's drummer. Yes. A man by the name of Robin Russell, drummer for Night Lighters and New Birth. Favorite drummer to guys like Steve Jordan. Wow. Dennis Chambers. My favorite. These guys are learning this guy's chops. That's you understand? It, That's it. And we got to talk to him about all his career, what he's done, who he's played with. Um, who are New Birth? Well, when you talk about the funk, a lot of funketeers will say Earth, Wind & Fire. They'll say Rick James. They'll say Zap. They'll say Slave. They'll cameo. say Cool in the Gang. They'll say Cameo. Yeah. But when you say New Birth, they'll go, oh, yeah. And they'll make an expression on their face like they just ate a chocolate cake. Because everybody knows that. And you know why? It's because of hip-hop. Hip-hop has kept New Birth alive. Okay. And they sample them heavily. And what? if you listen to Wu-Tang Clan, okay. if you've heard The Chronic by Dr. Dre, yeah. if you've heard De La Soul, all that's on there. Notorious B.I.G., yeah. that's all. They okay. use New Birth as like a staple, as a main wow. ingredient. New Birth was a band throughout the 70s. Um, they're a combination of a giant vocal group and a backing group. Uh, the Nightlighters was the backing group. Remember, we interviewed Joe Pep from Undisputed Truth uh, uh, last episode. Yes, sir. And he talked to us about the Nightlighters out of Kentucky. And the Nightlighters were uh, put together by Harvey Fuqua, also from Motown. We were talking about Norman Whitfield. Yeah. And Harvey, he wanted to do his own thing. So similar to Norman doing Undisputed Truth, he uh -huh. put together Nightlighters with Tony Churchill, okay. the sax player. And after a while, he hooked them up with New Birth. Now, what New Birth was, it was just a vocal group at the time. Okay. It was these guy singers, this guy group called New Sound. I see. Then a, a girl group called Mint Juleps. And then he smashed them together, and he got another vocalist 
Alan Fry. They right. call that new birth. Similar to P-Funk. You know, they had Parliament singers, and then right. they had the Funkadelic. Dope. But the only difference is New Birth eventually consolidated, and they only went under that name. The one name. Yeah. New Birth was considered kind of like the Black Chicago for their chops and their okay. soul and the size of the band and the wonderful career and uh, songs that they did. Nice. Uh, but Robin Russell, he's quite a formidable prodigy. Mm-hmm. He started playing drums in the 60s when he was 16. By the time he was 18, he was a gigging guy. Who was he gigging with? Nobody special, just uh, Johnny Guitar Watson, uh, Little Richard. Little Richard. Did he audition for these things? Nope, not at all. What? He was handpicked. Oh, People gosh. came up to him and asked him, kind of begged him to join. That's sick. And we talked about all that stuff with him. Yeah, we did. He's still going strong. He still goes out there to Griffith Park. He's in Pasadena. He drives over to Griffith Park. He sets up his drums at 3 a.m. Go check him out. And you can find him out there. He says he still goes out there, though he's been busy lately. And he plays. He plays right up through sun sun up, and he keeps on playing. And it's a known thing that he does. They even did a little story on it for LA Times. So we talked with him, so just stay tuned. We're going to get into all that. But uh, Jay Stone, um, I want to tell you a kind of a hair-raising but beautiful little anecdote about this particular episode. Uh-huh. So you know J-Dub, J-W, who checked back on episode five from the right. P-Funk family, he's kind of hired himself as our uh, segment producer. Okay. And he's been getting us guests. Nice. So he got us Joe Pep Harris, and he also got us this guest, Robin Russell. Awesome. And you heard the voicemail that he left me at the top of the show. Yeah, yeah. He left that a couple days before Thanksgiving. He heard the Joe Pep, and he, uh, he had already booked Robin and told me it was up to me to just uh, hook up with them and take it from there. When I was talking to J-Dub, he was just talking about how much fun he was having getting his friends to be on the show, how important it was to celebrate their career, to ask them really important questions about important things. And we were kind of, you know, just waxing philosophical and commiserating about how much the show meant to us. Yeah. And I was just really feeling really proud that um, that uh, J.W., you know, he was having such a touching, you know, poignant experience with it. Uh-huh. So we were just kind of commiserating about that. And then I called Robin on the phone. He turned out to be this really cool dude. He's got like this cool like FM 1970s, uh, you know, radio disc jockey kind of a, hey, how you doing? Yeah. Yeah. And so he was really cool and we hit it off. And uh, what we do when we do these shows, Jay Stone, when I book somebody, Uh there's usually about six to eight weeks between the time when I book them and we actually do the show. Okay. So maybe after three or four weeks, I set up a pre-call, a pre-interview call. Right. And really, that's a hard deadline for my benefit. That tells me I have to get my act together. Right. Research his career. I'm reading articles about him. I'm watching documentaries. I'm listening to everything he's ever played on. Okay. Just trying to make notes and think of things to ask him and to clarify. So the day comes, the afternoon comes where I'm supposed to call Robin, uh-huh. and he's this really together, solid dude. I can tell he's he's what? got his marbles together. You okay. know. I call him. It, it's set at two o'clock this one afternoon. He doesn't answer. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, okay. So you know, maybe I caught him in his car. He's gonna call me back. Right. He never called back. Uh-huh. And I called him again later that night. Now, I should have been angry that he flaked, or right. I should have been insecure, like he changed his mind, like we suck. Uh-huh. But you know in the comic book when Peter Parker, he's walking down the street with his backpack, and 
He puts his hand on his forehead, his spidey senses start tingling. I just knew something was wrong. I got that weird, you okay. know, you can't prove anything, you just get a weird yeah. feeling. And I didn't want to say it out loud. Danger, Will Robinson. Right, so I, after about 36 hours, I put out a call to J-Dub, told him, hey, your boy, what happened? Yeah. And I said, I hope everything's cool. I wasn't even mad. I, yeah. I know there's something amiss here. He said, you know what? I don't even know what's going on. He couldn't get in touch with them either. Oh, no. Now I'm starting to think the worst. You know, I'm having right. those those evil shower thoughts. I'm in the shower like, oh, oh. Right, right. So anyway, he called me a couple days later, uh, Robin Russell. It was actually my birthday, December 19th, so I remember. Okay. Uh, I, you know, pick up the phone. Ace. He did not sound good at all. Uh. I was like, oh, my God. Danger Will Robinson, like you said. Yeah. Turns out he was in an accident, and it turns out he had just gotten home. He had been in the hospital. Oh, God. So immediately, once he told me that, I just shut down the whole conversation. I was like, no, uh-uh. Because, you know, like, uh, uh, Wayne's World, like, we're not worthy? Yeah. I'm like, this guy, this this guy, this man who's like a, a god yeah. among men on drums, he's calling me about my little dopey podcast agenda. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I just felt horrible. Yeah. So I was like, get off the phone with me. I'll, I'll talk to you later. And, you know, I'll just talk to you later. And, yeah. I'm, I was, you know what? I was happy because he was alive. Yeah. He was going to be on the men. He's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. I don't know what, if he's got health insurance. I don't know what's going on. Right. He, so uh, I just figured, I wrote it off. I figured maybe there's a 25% chance we're doing this show. Mm -hmm. I figured, no, we're not going to do Robin Russell. And that's okay because he's okay. Yeah. We'll just get another guest. Uh, four days later, on Christmas Eve Eve, he called me. Sounded like, sounded like the Energizer Bunny. Sounded wow. fine. Hey, I'm ready. I'm all good. Dope. Turns out he didn't break a bone in his body. It was just bruised. He felt like he broke his bones, but okay. he was just bruised real bad. And my point is, it just ties back to what we were talking about with J-Dub. Because mm -hmm. J-Dub was saying, it's not just for now to promote them now. It's for 50 years from now. Yeah. People can listen to the show we're making 50 years from now and Truly. hear about it. You know what I mean? We're That's trying right. to stick it into history. We're trying to take it and just stick it into history. Yeah. It was laying on the floor. We pick it up and we just you lodge know? it in there, make sure it's still in there. Make a footprint on the That's side. right. That's right. Now, the, the accident, by the way, the vast majority of what I know is off the record. I am a journalist here, Jay Stone. Yes. There's some things I know that are off the record. <laughs> I asked him, of course, if we could talk about it, and he said no. He didn't even want to think about it. It's okay. not in his headspace. And that made sense to me. Uh -huh. That made sense to me. So we're just glad that he's cool, and that's why I never mentioned it during our interview. However, he did tell us a great story about uh, California wildfire that we'll get into oh, in the interview. Man, wait till y'all hear that. A couple things before we start. Don't forget to buy yourself a copy of the Bible. That's Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth. And and congratulations, Jay Stone, because this album just made the top of Ricky Vincent's best of 2019 releases Man. list. He put that out on January 2nd. Yeah. He yeah. uh, he had like four categories of releases, including reissues by Prince and yeah. Bootsy and Shaka Khan. Yeah. And he mentioned our album, the we album sure you did. put together, Jay Stone, we as his... put together. As his, hey, you were there hey. just as much as I was. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was in Atlanta sometimes, so you picked yeah, up the slack. Yeah, for sure. Um, but um, congratulations to you, and that was a heartfelt thing by him that doesn't Man. come easy. He's a funk critic. Yeah. He thinks about funk all day long. All day, eats it. And it really made sense to him, and he had us play live at KIPFA on December 27th on Friday night. That was a crazy show. I think we all got a cold, though. I got a cold. Yeah. John the drummer got a cold. Yeah. But that was wonderful. And Ricky Vincent's just making us shine, man. He's just making us look yeah, good. Man. 
And he thanks, just Ricky. he's blowing us up. Appreciate it. And uh, yeah, just appreciate that so much. That's such a beautiful thing. And everybody at KPFA for helping us out and putting up with us, you know, yes. doing our sound and stuff like that. Playing playing live on the radio is kind of sketchy, you know, it's a little yeah, hair raising, yeah. you know. So it was fun. We had a lot of fun and we ate a lot of food and had a good time. Um, by the way, uh, Aced Out Podcast, I just want to say, um, I just want to give prop to Nick Ways, our engineer. Yep. He and I went through the seven stages of grief on the last episode on the post-production. And Nick wound up pulling an all-nighter to make sure everything sounded tight and nice and professional. Yeah, it did. And you hear J-Dub gave us all the credit, J-Stone, for being professional. <laughs> but it's this guy over here, Nick Wade's, that really made it happen. Yeah. And I appreciate that. And you know what? Just to make sure everybody realizes this isn't a, a sausage party or anything, I got to give props to Three Charge. Three Charge is the woman behind the whole thing, all of our IT. She's the one that does our website, who does our art, who puts us up on platforms. There you go. Who does our quality control? Three charge. We speak your name. And she also sells beautiful stickers. She made us some aced out stickers. Three charge, aka my sister-in-law. We could have taken all the credit, but I'll give them credit too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Gotta spread it out. That's right. Monsters in the house. Finally, he finally came and visited us in the studio. Monster who put this all together, who hooked us up with this family. And next episode. Do you know who's gonna be on the next episode? Who? Stymie. What? Stymie from Stymie in the PJLO and Soul Scott, episode eight. I can actually announce that. He's going to be sitting right here in the studio. No phone call. No phone call for Stymie. And in person. What else is he going to do? Well, he's going to perform a little song with us live. J-Soul's going to have his guitar. I'm going to have my bass. Nick Ways is going to drop a little beat. And then Charlotte's going to sit right in between and we're going to sing a little song. We might do Louie Louie. <laughs> we might do uh, Poker Face. We're still working on our song selection. <laughs> I like Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. There's some ear hole damage. You listen to that. Uh, anyway, so, yes, yeah, Stymie's going to be on here. And we have some other big guests coming, too. And last but certainly not least, I want to say hello to all of our listeners out there. You know, we have listeners in Hong Kong. Wow. We have listeners in Germany, and we have a whole lot of listeners in Japan. I, th- I thought, since we have so many Japanese listeners, I'd shout out some provinces. Do it. I want to say what's up to people in Tochiji. Holla. I asked my wife how to pronounce these, and hopefully I'll do it all right. Ota. Okayama. Yes. Osaka. What's up? Nagoya. Kobe. Hey. Where they get that beef. <laughs> Tokyo. Takamatsu. What's up, Kawasaki? Wow. And what's up to Akita? Hajime Mashite. I could say a sentence in Japanese. You want to hear? Do it. Jason san wa watashi no tomodachi desu. Demo kare wa totemo okashi desu ne. You know what that means? I have no idea. Jay Stone is my friend, but he's very crazy. <laughs> and that's Rosetta Stone, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Rosetta Stone. <laughs> We're, we should get them as a sponsor. Up, right? By the way, we have listeners all over the U.S. Vast majority of them are still. 
And I want to say hello to specific ones this time. I thought that would be fun, Jay oh, Stone. Man. Let me say po- point right at Esmeralda Kobaz. What? Esmeralda Kobaz. She's in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yeah. She has a selfie with her and Barack Obama on her uh, page, her oh, homepage. <laughs> and sweet. she listens to us regularly. I've seen her listen Michigan. to us a couple times. My wife's from Michigan. Oh, okay. Well, how about Flint, Michigan? We That's have Kim wild. Dodson from Flint, Michigan. Keep your head up, Kim, and keep listening to Aced Out Podcast. Yes. Also, Richard Biggs from Columbus, Ohio. He likes Aced Out Podcast. Ohio. And uh, Maria de Riviera of Miami, Florida. Shout out to you. And also in Tennessee, I want to say what's up to uh, Samantha, Mark, Kyler, and Mayel. Mm -hmm. And Mary Tetson in Fountain City, Tennessee. Wow. Listen to us on Spotify. Subscribe to us. Get us on Spreaker or Stitcher or Apple Podcasts, formerly iTunes. But of course, go to acedoutpodcast.com if you want the real experience. That's what's up. Check it out. For example, if you go to acedoutpodcast.com now, you can listen to some of the live audio from our performance. How about that? There you go. You can see some pictures of our pretty faces. How about that? You know why you should subscribe to us? Our episodes don't come out weekly. They come out kind of irregularly. Irregularly? <laughs> so you don't really have to do anything. You just kind of walk down the street. Whoa! You get an alert. A new episode pops up. That's how my mom gets it. My mom calls me. I just got a new episode. Yay! She loves it. Nice. All right. Let's listen to the episode. Let's check it out. This is a great conversation with the mighty Robin Russell. Are you ready, Jay Stone? Yes. All right. Let's start off with a classic. This is not a deep cut. This is the opposite of a deep cut. This is called Got to Get a Nut. I know what you're thinking. This song is about squirrels. Get your mind out of the gutter. This song is about nature. It's about squirrels. Got to get a nut. Let's listen to it and talk to, let's talk to Robin, Robin Russell on the other side. Yes. Holla. Oh my God.
Bujika oom, bujika ah. Oh my lord. And that pretty little ditty, Jay Stone. That's called Got to Get a Nut. That's off an album called Birthday by New Birth. Wow. Steve Jordan, you know the drummer Steve Jordan? Yeah. He once said that if you didn't learn how to play that song, you couldn't get a gig in the hood. Oh. <laughs> and Robin, that song, that was that was done on a computer, right? You pro- programmed all the drums on a computer? No. <laughs> <laughs> and what I want to ask you, though, is it true? Was that song probably recorded in one take? One take. Absolutely, because we had been playing it on the road. Oh, okay, got so, you. Yeah, so, you know, it, it was like when we went in the studio, it was like just <laughs> play what you've been playing on the road. Right. But wait a minute, weren't you, didn't hey. you like just join the group when you played on that album? Exactly. I had I had joined in... September of seventy two. Okay. And we and we did that album in December of seventy two. Wow. So, so in those three months we, you must have played a lot of gigs. Yeah, yeah. That's why it was so tight. <laughs> nice. Right. Nice. That's, That's why it was so tight because we had played that song so many times. And I, I can't even remember how we came up with that song is that but, right <laughs> yeah um, it, it was just it was like magic it is like magic uh, it sounds like magic and all the roles and stuff is incredible yeah uh, yeah you know i you know i was coming off of a rock thing you know i was playing with you know little richard right and and you know i had this this um trio called Magic Mushroom, <laughs> which was straight ahead acid rock. Right. So, you know, when I hooked up with them, I was like on the edge of, you know, rock and roll and acid rock. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, the... They they turned me on so much because of the horns and things and their arrangements and, and you know I, I remember you know listening to blood sweat and tears and yeah you know it, it, it's like it's like I have to you know tower of power right I have to kind of I have to you know I have to fill in. And make this group sound as good as them. Let me ask you about. Let me ask you about what you do these days. Your whole playing outside at Griffith Park. Uh, God, Jay Stone. You know. You know. Um, Robin is kind of legendary. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he drives. You know. He's in Pasadena. Yeah. He goes out to Griffith Park. How often would you say you do this, Robin? You know, I I have been so busy. Lately, oh, I have not been, been I have not been to the park that often, but you know it's it's a good thing because I don't know man i i I play with like maybe eight 
or nine different groups. Right. So, you know, they one group will call, another group will call. <laughs> I get the dates. I have to, sometimes we have to rehearse. But I have been so busy. That's you a know, good thing, it, though, it, right? It, it's a blessing. So what is Griffin? What are you doing, Griffin? Oh yeah, what I was trying to say, um, Jay Stone, is what he's been known for, and this is they actually did a little article about it in L.A. Times, like maybe five years ago. Is mm-hmm. um, Robin will go to Griffith Park, say he'll get up at like like say three a.m. Mm-hmm. before yeah. the sun comes up, before dawn, he'll go to the yeah. park. He'll lay a he'll lay a blanket down uh, under a tree, mm-hmm. under an oak tree. He'll set up That's his right. kit. His full drum kit? Yeah, his full drum kit, and he will play. And as a matter of fact, Jay Stone, let's just listen to some of that. Let's listen to what? Robin playing at Griffith Park. This what? is from, um, this is actual footage. This is uh, audio from actual footage of him playing okay. at the park. Let's hear some. Let's just hear what it sounds like. And what time is it, Robin, when you do this? He starts before dawn. Oh, wow. Oh, God. Damn. This is outside, under the tree. Tight. This isn't this isn't from the seventies, this is recently too. I remember that day clearly. I get I get up at three o'clock to be at the park at five. To be there at five AM? Five AM. When it's completely dark. And it's it's really a, a spiritual thing. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, tell uh, us about it. Tell us about it. Why do you like to? Where do you like to play out there? What do you like about it? You say drums are meant to be played outside, right? That's absolutely true. And you know, to be out there at that time of the morning to experience darkness, yeah, going into the lightness. Mm-hmm. While you're playing, it's, I see what you mean. It's 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 just it's magical. Wow, you know, I, you know, people people think I'm crazy. It's like <laughs> you're out in the park at five o'clock in the morning when it's dark. Are there houses nearby? Do people mind? Or there's like people running around jogging and what I think, have you? I think the groundskeepers there, knows him like they there, don't turn the sprinklers on, right? Right, right Robert? There there um there are no houses, nothing. Okay, that's sweet. That's why I could do it. Right, that's awesome. You know, uh, you know, some the the joggers start coming around maybe like six. Yeah, right. You know, there there are some, uh, but you know, it's 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 just that thing. Yeah. About about being out there in the twilight. Is it's, it, let's uh, it's, let me ask you this: Is it true? Didn't you get caught in a California wildfire out there while you were playing the drums? Yeah. Tell us about that. Yes. Oh God. Yeah. Yes, I did. <laughs> when was it, that? It was, I can't remember. Year ago? Exact... Two years ago? 
I can't remember the exact year. Okay, tell us what happened. It was in July. Okay. So it was one afternoon I was playing, and then I started smelling smoke. <laughs> okay. And I'm like, there's a fire somewhere. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I started seeing ashes. Uh, oh, what, coming away. from the sky? Yeah. Oh, wow. Did you see animals around me? No, no. <laughs> then I, I came from under the tree. Uh-huh. And when I came from under the tree, I saw this big orange and black yeah. cloud. Uh-huh. Damn. Oh, my God. And I'm like, I'm like, pack up your drums right now. Oh, I was going to ask you, so you did take your drums with you? You didn't just run off? <laughs> yeah, I, I did. And the rangers came by. And okay. told me, get out of here. <laughs> get out. They came by. <laughs> they came by and told me, get out. Wow. I, I, I never packed up my drums that quick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it, 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 was, it was a decision. It's like, do you leave your drums or do you just leave? Right. Yeah. I was wondering that. Right. And then you ans- your answer was, you don't leave your drums. Yeah. Yeah. Now you that's know, dedication. Said, you know, because I saw flames coming over the hill. Wow. Damn. Big flames. Damn. And, and it, it was like, you have to move quick. Mm-hmm. You have to get your quickly. drums out of here right. now. Uh, and no, that there were no animals. I guess the flames scared them away, but there there was no animals in my area. Uh How long was it before you could return to the park? How many? Oh God, it it took too long (laughs) because it it happened like in July. Right. it's, It's when the fire happened. I was not able to return to my spot until September. Oh, man. Like mid, mid-September. And was your, I had... Go ahead. Was your tree still there? Good question. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. You, put, yeah. You, you guys got you know, a, a my, relationship. It was like, I'm not going away. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know yeah, right. my my area, the flames... The fire did not come down to my area. Yeah, wow. Man. You did that. You yeah. protected that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, after it happened, I I was wondering, you know, it was like a few weeks, a few weeks. It's like, why is my area still closed? Right. Mm. And, uh. and I had to, I had to actually go and contact City Hall. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. Because I asked the rangers, I said, what, why is my area still closed? And they said, we're following orders Yeah. from, from City Hall. Mm-hmm. And I went to City Hall, and I said, what, why is this area still closed? And they wow. gave me some lame excuse about, oh, we have to research 
And I'm like, research what? It's <laughs> <laughs> so like, what, what the heck do you have to research? You know, there's no fire. There's no flames. The fire season is over. Right. What do you have to research? But it it really set me back to have to be away from that space for that long. Oh, wow. From so you, you were feeling that loss, huh? Yeah. I mean, like from July to September. Man, that is a long time. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go each day, uh-huh. but I would go like Monday, right? Wednesday, okay, pretty regularly. Friday, yeah, every other and day, Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, regular. That's pretty regular. regular. That's regular, man. That's more than most people yeah. practice. Hey, Robin, yeah. let me ask you about. You talked about earlier something that really interests me that I'd like to see. Um, I saw somewhere you said that there was a time kind of in high school where you could have gone toward, you could have been a black power kind of dude or a hippie dude. And you went hippie. And you were like, hey, Led Zeppelin, man, Jimi Hendrix, Cream, Steppenwolf, man. And uh, one thing I really, one thing I really like to see is you gave Mitch Mitchell his props. I think Mitch Mitchell is one of the most underrated drummers in all of history, and especially rock. Especially what he did yeah. on Are You Experienced. Um, you like Mitch yeah. Mitchell, right? Yeah, Mitch is one of my complete idols. Right on. What do you I like mean, about his I, playing? His playing, he was so fluent. He was so versatile. I mean, he played rock, but he had this jazz thing right. happening. Yeah. Right. Heavily. You know. It, 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 you know, if you compare Mitch to Buddy Miles, right? Oh, you right. know, I, I, I love Buddy. Mm-hmm. He's one of my complete idols. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Buddy's thing was like solid pocket. Yeah. Right. You know, and Mitch was like all over the drums. Yeah, he's way more adventurous, you know? right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but man, I I love both of them. Right, sure, <laughs> sure. And you're you also know, into like Buddy Rich and like Art Blakey too, right? Oh God, oh God, that's where it started, right? But Buddy Rich, Art Blakey, Elvin Jones, yeah, Tony Williams, yeah. You know, those are the people. Tony Williams, yeah. I used to, you know, that just blew me away. It's, it's like, dang, listen to these guys. <laughs> you know, when, when when somebody is that great, right? Um, you know, and if especially like if you're in a learning curve, which I was, mm-hmm. I was listening to them. It just influenced me. So much, right? It's it's you know the stuff. Some of the stuff wore off on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you never really know what's gonna wear off. I mean, because when you're studying music, you I don't think anybody is gonna be recording and be like, I want to play that lick by Jimi Hendrix or right, whoever right. such and such. Right, it just right. comes out naturally, like you're speaking. You absorb it. Yeah. yeah. Speaking yeah. of absorbing yeah. it, 
you were absorbing music so much, you started playing not till you were in high school, but by the time you were 18, you already picked up a gig with Johnny Guitar Watson, Jay Stone, Damn. who you call your musical godfather. Right, Robin? Yes. That's right. And That's he, right. he picked you. You wh- What was it? You were playing in some house band at a club, and his manager yep. approached you? Yep, yep. His manager, I was playing at this club uh, up in Hollywood, and the manager, you know, he, he used to tell me, he said, I get all kind of compliments on your playing. Wow. And then one, one night he said, a friend of mine is looking for a drummer. And I said, who? And he said, Johnny Guitar Watts. <laughs> <laughs> and I I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, you know, because my parents, I, that's where I learned about Johnny from the beginning. Mm. My oh. parents used to listen to him. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you had him in your pocket already. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So... When he told me that, and you know, it was it was so magical. Uh, you know, he said, "Let me give let me let me give Johnny your number." I said, "Okay," and Johnny called me, and he said, "Can you bring your drums over?" And it was just he and I. Wow! <sighs> just you two. Oh my mind. god! I know he was raw on the guitar too. It blew my my because you know we we played about an hour he was playing guitar and then we took a break and then he sat down and played the fender roads and that it's like if you heard herbie hancock chick korea i don't care who yeah his chops really that good, huh? Yeah. Wow. We're, we're right there, mm. and I couldn't. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, God, I'm playing with this guy, and he is like, just a master. Mm. You know, his guitar playing was, you know, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But when he sat down on that keyboard, that was. That did it for that you. That was. That was the end. Yeah. Did he hire you on this, like, after that session? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And what kind of work did you wind up doing with Johnny Guitar Watson? We we did clubs. (laughs) Here I am, 18 years old. Right. 17, 18, whatever. We were doing gigs and clubs around L.A. before hours and after hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't have too many after-hours gigs anymore. No, but we don't. would play like from you know from eight to two, and then we would go to another club right. and play from two or three to the sun came up. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is just all school, man. That is all school. Yeah, you know. You, and I I don't know any places that go after hours anymore. No, 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 not anymore. I'm I'm sure there are some, but I don't know of them. Uh, you know, because everything shuts down at two o'clock. Right. 
at two o'clock, we would pack up and go to another club. Wow, man! Just like energizers right there. Um, yeah. Is it true? He said, he said something like, "You're you're you're 18 years old, but you play like you're 50 years old." <laughs> That's what he told me. Wow, that is one heck of a compliment, man. That's amazing. That is what he told me. Yeah, yeah. You got something in you. It's just natural. And then, yeah. um, and then through Johnny Guitar Watson, then you met Little Richard and wound up playing for him. And again, they asked you to play. This guy, Robin, he doesn't audition for anything, Jay Stone. They what? ask him. They ask him if he can show up. Played with Little Richard. Oh, yeah. And it's well documented. Actually, uh, Waze, let's play that. I know that was wild. This is him playing at uh, something. This is a rock doc. Came out in 72. It's called the London Rock and Roll Show. And Little Richard is one of many featured in it. Um, If you watch the uh, movie, there's a DVD and a CD. Oh, what? You'll see a little insert of Mick Jagger uh, at his age at that time talking about how much he worships Little Richard. And then Uh they play a Little Richard section at Wembley Stadium. And this is with... Our wow. brother Robin Russell on drums. Let's hear a little bit of that. Wow. This is, what is this? Good Golly Miss Molly. Right now we want to do for you a little thing called Good Golly Miss Molly. Back to you. the video of that because just you know he's got that fire in his eye you know yeah, that look yeah. he always has in his eye those crazy I was about eyes to say something like that <laughs> robin is you know when you play on a stage like that is the is your adrenaline just automatically up because you're in wembley stadium and what have you you know it it, it was right that i i you know i i couldn't believe it i, could I kept hear it. pinching myself you could hear it man. i kept I kept pinching myself. Right. I'm like, I'm, you know, it's like I'd only been playing a few years, and here I am at playing at Wembley Stadium. Wow. <laughs> Were you all dressed up? You had a suit on? What did you have on? Yeah, really. I had, I had, you know, I, I always like to play with a tank top on. Okay. Because, you know, it, it's, 
I work and yeah, I sweat. Yeah, you're gonna be sweating back yeah, then. Yeah, good point. Yeah, and awesome. you know, I do. I do not like playing with sleeves on. Right. And I had I had this rebel cap. You see that cap? Yeah, yeah, I've seen I wore, it. I wore that cap until it wore out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was leather. Leather. Yeah. I got it at, at, at this thrift shop, and it was like one of a kind, and it became like my trademark. Right. Everybody knew, you know, you see that rubble cap? That's Robin. Right. Wow. Uh, Tank top and a rebel know, cap. Yeah. Yeah. After Wimberley, we went to Rome. Wow. And then Spain. Valencia, Valencia, Spain. We stayed at this castle <laughs> on the Mediterranean Sea. Yeah. It is the castle where Jimi Hendrix wrote Spanish Castle Magic. Tight. W-O-W, bro. You just blew my mind. Okay, interview's over. All right, bye, everybody. (laughs) Wow, you stayed at that same castle? I know what castle you're talking about. I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. And they, you know, they had posters up in the lobby. It said, Jimi Hendrix stayed here. And this is where he wrote Spanish Castle magic wow do you remember what's the name of that castle do you remember you know you know i can't not i cannot remember the name of it that's cool i'm gonna look that up man that's cool um and then what was it i just one more question about little richard because i'm just curious did you guys Mm -hmm. run rehearsals he had a musical director right bumps blackwell or something bumps blackwell and he was a musical director he was the director and so the way it happened, yeah, go ahead. We we would do a rehearsal with Bumps. Bumps would be there, and he's like, "Okay, let's play, blah blah blah. Let's play this one. Let's play this one." Yeah. But we got on the show with Richard. There was no such thing as a set list. <laughs> That's what I was wondering. I thought so. <laughs> right, right. No such thing. He did it on the spur of the moment. Mm-hmm. So you you had to pay attention. So when Richard. he said, we're going to play Good Golly Miss Molly right there, was that when you heard that we're going to play Good Golly Miss Molly, in other words? Is that when you found out? Yeah. Right there. <laughs> right there. Right there. Yeah. Because I could tell, and I could hear because he started on the piano and then everybody fell in too. So he just kind of gets yeah. it going. Yeah, yeah, you know, but that's the way it worked with him the whole time. There was no set list. Oh my God, that that just gets yeah, the adrenaline but, pumping even harder, right? Yeah, you know, you you had to pay attention. Right. You had to pay attention, um, which you know is discipline. You know, yep. because you you can't you can't be drifting. Your thoughts cannot be drifting between song and song because you you don't know what's coming next. Mm-hmm. Yes, he he will tell you right there on the spot. So there's no autopilot. No. Wow, that is no. really amazing. 
And then after all of that, and he's still a very young man, Jay Stone, keep mm-hmm. that in mind. Then we that's yeah. when we get to the the night lighters. And remember, yeah. uh actually our last podcast we talked to Joe Pep Harris and he talked to us a little bit about the night lighters because he fronted that group a little earlier. There was Joe, that was already Joe a, Pep? Yeah, Joe Pep Harris. We talked to him uh, last month. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, you know, they, when I got w- with the group, it's, you know, it's certain other groups that they used to talk about. I mean, that were like brother groups. And, you know, the Undisputed Truth was one of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, you know, they told me about Joe Pep. <laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm. like... And 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 then you know we did some gigs with them, uh, and I I don't know I I was just so blessed to be around some of the greatest R and B groups in the world. Right, right. Yeah, you know, I you know I. <laughs> It's 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 a bigger blessing than you know I can explain. Mm-hmm. Sure. Because you know I got I got to hang around groups when I was growing up. I mean, like when I met the Temptations. Yeah. I'm like I'm like you know these guys. I was listening to them when I was growing up. Right. And here I am. Hanging out with them, the yes. temptations. Amazing. I mean, that that's probably one of the biggest ones. Right, man. That oh just God. just blew me away. And you know, Eddie Kendricks was so down to earth. He would come in our dressing room and just hang. Yeah, really. You know, it's like, and I'm like, God. That's Eddie Kendricks <laughs> from the Temptations. <laughs> God, you know, you know, New New Birth exposed me to the R and B world, right? You know, in, you know, in 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 a big way, and. <laughs> let's let's check out some of that um while we're talking about it um so remember jason we're talking about earlier about uh birthday there's a new birth album yeah and around the same time the nightlighters band put out an an album called analysis yeah analysis analysis is a wonderful album and if you see it it has a great album cover too it's kind of got a sci-fi kind of philip k dick uh looking uh, album cover yeah it's a great album. Let's yeah. let's dip our toe into that album and listen to something called Anything Goes. This is Anything Goes by the Nightlighters featuring our guest today, Robin Russell. Okay. Where it goes, where the 
What was your relationship, Robin, with the bass player? That's uh, Leroy Taylor there? Leroy and I became so close. Because you're the third drummer. He was playing with, who was the drummer before? Jimmy Hill, then before that was Nate Nesbitt, right? Yep, yep. Nate, Nate. So you're the third guy to come through. Did he have... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Nate Nate was the original. Right. Then came Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know that that's just history, man. It's just complete history because you know Nate in the early Nightlighters, you know the stuff he played. I always compared when when I first you know came in contact with them. Mm-hmm. I compared them to Chicago. Right, like kind of like a black Chicago, right? Yeah, you know, because they had these horns and these. And, and, <laughs> oh, I I can go back even further. You know how I <coughs> came into that. Uh, I was playing with with Magic Mushroom, uh, <laughs> yeah. and, we, and we did this festival. And when we came off the stage. This drummer came to me and said, "Man, who are you? Who are you?" <laughs> and, and, and he was with this group called Ebony Rhythm Funk Campaign. Okay. And he and he said, "Some friends of mine are looking for a drummer." And I said, "Who?" He said, "The Nightlighters and the New Birth." It was Matthew. Matthew. Matthew Watson. Yes. Right. That, that's how I got with New Birth, was through Matthew. Yeah, I was going to ask you, because the, the Nightliner, that's, comes out of, that's coming out of t- Kentucky, if I remember right. Yep. But the, yep. The, again, again, they scouted you. They saw you playing somewhere and said, hey, we need you to be in our thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I'm sorry, Matthew, and earlier we were, I was asking you about Leroy Taylor, though, uh, the bass player. You oh, said you got oh, close. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Leroy... And I just—it was like magic, mm-hmm. you know. It—it it, it was like to play with a bass player like him, and to to just the magic that happened. You know, I—I I can't explain it, <clears throat> but it—it it, it was just—it it was magic. It was wow, magic. That's great. The way he and I just gelled. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it was like, whew, he was like the, <laughs> the perfect thing. 
the perfect thing. The did perfect you, Did you all hit it off right away, or did you have to warm up to each other? You know, it 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 hit mm-hmm. right away. Wow. It hit right away. And it <clears throat> excuse me. It, it it was just magic from the beginning. Let's hear uh, uh let's hear another one. This is one I think people out there might recognize. It's called Damn, but I think you might have heard it in another context. Let's listen to a little of that, uh, DJ Ways. We'll talk about it on the other okay. side. Okay. Evidently, Dr. Dre's The Chronic wasn't all George Clinton samples. And I think a lot of people are going to recognize that music. And when a hip-hop artist samples a beat that you played on Robin Russell, do you get Mm -hmm. paid for that or do you not get paid for that? I do. You do. Now, that is something that I love and I also think is unbelievable. Every drummer I've ever heard of and any band gets ripped off when it comes to samples. Why do you get paid? Did you have a good agent, a good contract? How did you do that? It's because it was contracted. Everything was contracted. Those records, they have to get permission to use them. I know that, but for example, like for example, Clyde Stubblefield, the James Brown drummer. If somebody uses yeah. uh, if somebody uses Funky Drummer, he doesn't get a dime of that. He was just a paid session drummer, and that happens yeah. to most drummers. So again, yeah, I'm talking it, about you it, specifically as a musician. You got like such a good deal because you get paid for those samples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you know the quarterly <laughs> quarterly payments. The, yeah, you know the the money comes in. Um, yeah. I. There I go again. How blessed I was. Yeah. Yeah. In that situation. You know, it's, you know, if if you're tied, the secret is New Birth and the Nightlighters, we were a unit Mm -hmm. signed 
to a record company, a major record company. Mm-hmm. I mean, God, we, we went through RCA, which we never should have left. They have our complete catalog. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but that's, that's, that's the secret to it. Right. Because we were a unit signed. Everybody's name was on the contracts. That's beautiful. It's so beautiful. It worked out that way. And uh, yeah, another uh, just a big part of why I'm so amazed by that is because if it's 1973, there's no way you could think to yourself, "Well, 20 years from now, somebody's going to sample this, so I better have a good contract." Like nobody, you could. It's impossible to have the foresight. So I just think it's so beautiful. And th- and think. Uh, speaking of other amazing things, there's a song called Drumology. Uh, something I, I think it's safe to say this man has a doctorate in. Mm-hmm. Let's listen to a little bit of drumology. This is also from Analysis by the Nightlighters. Let's listen to this and talk on the other side. Okay. Got that fretless. Jay Stone. So the guy just joins the band. He's like basically the brand new drummer, the third drummer to join. You know, the new kid, and he's given a feature on the album. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when does that ever yeah. happen? When that does that ever wrong. happen? And that song, doing that little uh, song, that's that was Harvey Fuqua's idea, right? Exactly. And you remember we it's talked about not. him. Uh, Everything connects. Uh, last uh, podcast, Jay Stone, we talked about him. The producer from Motown, that's right. contemporary of uh, Norman Whitfield. That's right. Wh- who's are you? Right. Did you overdub the percussion, or was that percussionist doing that? You know, <laughs> like the the um, that was, was tambourine and stuff. That, that was James Baker. Oh, okay. And <laughs> I don't know. It's hard for me to say, but you know, I don't like that track. Because I knew it. Because of what he did, it's like oh, it was my chance. So you don't you don't like that he did that over your drumming? No, no. You know, it's 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 like Harvey said, you and Leroy. Okay. And Baker Baker jumps in like oh. Oh, uh-oh. I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't. He was go one there. of those guys. Yeah, yeah, I shouldn't go there. But, you know, he ruined it as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, you know, <laughs> and I, I've, I've, I've talked to other drummers, and they said, I don't like that track. 
I God. said, I don't blame you. Yeah. yeah. You know, because <laughs> what was real was taken away. Yeah. Did he ever know that you uh, felt that way? Um, I think I expressed it to him once, maybe. Yeah. How about uh, Leroy? What was his take? Leroy was like, you know, we did it and it's done. Mm. <laughs> you know, neutral. <laughs> right. Neutral. Got it. A, a, a neutral attitude. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's to keep the peace. Don't don't side with either one. Right. Gotcha. Just 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 keep the peace. Gotcha. Sometimes but, the bass player has he, to do that. He he ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's good that you can express that. And you know what? I I love when people do that. I hate when people are wishy washy. Yeah. Say, oh, it's cool, man. Yeah. No, I like when people are real honest yeah. about what they think about music. One thing. Um, uh, Jay Stone that Robin uh, told me about that I want to ask you about, Robin. Um, mm -hmm. So there's this kind of a similarity here. It kind of reminds me of Parliament and then Funkadelic where you had, it used to be split. New Birth was a vocal group. Nightlighters was the backing group. And then when mm -hmm. you got signed, the record company asked you to only be called New Birth, right? That's right. And what would, how, After, did you feel, how did you feel about that? I was not really happy about that. Right. Because the Nightlighters was the instrumental side. Yes. That's where the musicians got to do our thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it, New Birth, you know, it's, it's, it's vocals. You, you hear, uh, you know, the vocals out front, but the Nightlighters was the musical mm -hmm. and I did not I I did not like that it's like you know I got to do one Nightlighter album analysis right and it should not have ended there what was the reasoning because, that they gave for that they wanted to consolidate like that they it was marketing Mm -hmm. marketing they said new birth sold so many records forget the the nightlighters uh i mean and they they had the power to do that right uh you know when you signed with the company something like that happens and they i mean because they're the ones that's this putting the money in your pockets. They're the ones that's funding you mm -hmm. to, 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 to do all these recordings. And so, you know, when they say, you know, something like that, yeah. Yep. You know, you just have to, um, and they deal were, with it. they were otherwise very behind you, right? It wasn't like they weren't behind you. They were, they were really supporting you. So you kind of had to say, okay, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, they they did they did things um, that the groups dream of, right? Having that kind of connection, right? You know, it's like you got this major record company 
and they like what you're doing. Right. Yeah. So choose your battles. Yeah. 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 You know, but, you know, when they came to that conclusion, um, how can you fight that? Right. You know, because they would have just cut us off. Mm -hmm. Period. That's it. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Robin. What do you think about the song Serenade for a Jive Turkey? <laughs> That's the first song that I had ever written. Oh. And the first song published. Really? Um, yeah. That was that song it 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 came if you listen to the drum beat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen to that drum beat. It comes from Santana. Ah, yeah, I can hear that influence. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's let's check and it out that, then. If if you like, because I feel bad since you don't like drumology so much. You know what I mean. <laughs> I want to see maybe we could just yeah. like uh, get off this night ladders with something that you dig. So let's check out some uh, serenade for a jive turkey uh, before we move on, uh, DJ Ways. Let's check that out. It's on that Santana <laughs> beat. Ha <laughs> 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 Intro's great. as an instrument. Jay Stone, what's your question about this? Uh, you, mm-hmm. Are you using two snares? Or are you taking the snare off of the the band? You know what I mean? One snare. Ah, uh, you got tone. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's it starts with a phlegm. Uh-huh. With a phlegm yeah. on the snare. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. that's, that's what that is. Okay. But that that's Santana. Yeah. And, sure is, yeah, I know, hear that. No doubt. You know, that you know, that's when I came up with that 
concept. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about Santana. Right. Have you ever played with Santana? No, I wish. Yeah, not yet. You would be great with him. Oh my god. Not yeah, yet. not yet is true, yeah. He lives god, out here, man. I, he lives out where we are. Yeah, you gotta come up here. We could maybe hook that up. We could all do a show together. Yeah. We could hook it up for y'all. Heck yeah. God, you know, I and I I I've always had that feeling that I should have been his drummer. Man, you, you would be, man, you would <laughs> be so raw because you have that feeling already. You know what I mean? You you right there with it. And, you know, I, we're, we were raised in the Bay Area, so yeah. it's, we could hear it. Yep, you know yep. what I'm saying? It's immediate recognition. Yeah. Weren't you trying to, didn't yeah. you want to be in the experience at one point, too? Weren't you trying to be in the experience? That was in, like your in, goal. In which place? I think, like, in high school, I, I might have read somewhere where you said you were, you're kind of, your goal was to get into the experience, Jimi Hendrix. Oh God, <sighs> absolutely. <laughs> he was he was he was my complete dream. I bet. Mm-hmm. And why is that? And you know his just his his whole his whole approach, mm-hmm. what he did, and. You know, he he passed away when I was in high school, mm-hmm. and I woke up one morning. I was listening to the news, and they said Jimi Hendrix has passed. Mm. Horrible! I was heartbroken. Jeez, yeah. I'm I'm serious. I believe my you. dream. My dream was to be his drummer. Yep, must have been shattered. I man, I was messed up. Wow! Because you were at the perfect age, perfect time in your career. You you could have just, I bet you could have just sat right in that chair and played with him. Yeah, you know, and I, I know, I know to this day, if he had lived, mm-hmm. I would have wound up playing with him. Wow! I know that. Yeah, yeah, I know that. So you must, you, know. you must have met most of your idols then, huh? Yeah, yeah. Is that a good thing you'd say? Yeah, you know, it's, God, you know, like, you know, hanging with Buddy Mao. Yeah, that must have been incredible, huh? (laughs) He lived out here, too. He lived in Nevada, which is like, you know, where Ace is from, so to speak. Yeah, you know, I, I actually taped... Do you remember Don Kirshner's rock concert? Yeah. yeah, of course. I was on a session with Buddy on Don Kirshner's rock concert. Ah, cool. You know, and the way it happened, because New Birth, we had taped um, our session, I think it was maybe a Monday or Tuesday. And, you know, me... I, I like to hang out with the crew and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I, I went back, you know, hanging with the techs, and they said, you know, Buddy's coming down uh, Thursday. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so I came back that Thursday, and I had met Buddy. Little Richard introduced me to Buddy. Hmm. At the, I don't know if you remember the studio called the Record Plant. Yeah, yeah, of course. I, yeah, I yeah. recorded there before. Yeah, yeah. Okay, South Salido. Yeah, yeah. 
I went, Richard called me one day and he said he's, he's going down to the studio to do some, some, some voiceovers. And while we're on our way over there, he tells me, Buddy Miles is going to be there. Hmm. And Richard introduced me to Buddy. Cool. And I'm like, dang. And Buddy was so down to earth. Wow. So down to earth. He seemed like it's it. like, you know, it's it's you know you. A lot of times you, you think people because they're they're so great that you know they may have a, some do have ego problems. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But <laughs> with Buddy. It was straight up, one on one, no ego, uh, and I'm like, dang, yeah, I'm I'm sitting here with Buddy Mom. Changes. It's a similar refrain. <laughs> you know, one of the one of the, my favorite songs uh, by New Birth, uh, coming back to that birthday album, is a song called "You Are What I'm." all about okay. um, I like I like you are uh what I'm all about because it's it has the beautiful vocals of new birth but also it's good for the musician heads too it's kind of like a quintessential new birth song uh, let's listen to a little bit of that so I can talk to Robin about it um okay I, I, I want to tell you about that yeah okay hold on a second let's just listen to a, a minute or so Listen when the drums come in. Oh, 
What did you want to tell me about the song, Robin? <laughs> I have to tell you, um, you John like Blackwell, who passed away a drummer. few years ago. Prince drummer. Prince is, mm-hmm. yeah. John told me, I mean, this guy taught drums at, at uh, Boston Institute. Yeah, right, Berkeley. John told me he could not figure out what I was doing on that song. (laughs) (laughs) I believe it. That's why I love that song. And I I said, come on, John. And he said, no. What what were you doing? He praised that song. I mean, that's one of the biggest compliments that I've ever gotten. I don't know. Birthday... That album, I think, is is my finest work. Okay, sweet. You know, um, because afterwards, the group started going down, and I didn't feel right. I don't know if I should say this, you know, but you know, it, it just it started disappearing. It wasn't the feeling that was there in the beginning. The vibes changed. Well, why was that? Yeah. But what was it? Uh, ego. hmm From those that were in control of the group. Ego within, which is what destroyed Newbert. Mm. hmm You know, you look at, look at, look at Earth, Wind, and Fire. <laughs> They're still going strong, yeah. strong, mm-hmm. strong. Look at New Birth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's because of what's happening within the group. Mm-hmm. It's you know, the, you know these these egos and greed. Mm-hmm. You know, in the beginning. It was beautiful. I mean, we we were like a happy family. Right. Because you were hungry. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, it, it seems like but, after people get a little taste of money and, you yeah. know, recognition, you know, people recognizing them on the street or buying their records, then they, their head gets a little bit too big. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. We we and, experience that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me yeah. let me ask you this, Robin. Uh, so the next album, it's been a long time. That one had a big hit on it. Wildflower was that big hit when like ego started to explode. Oh God, that was it. That was like <laughs> another touch of magic. Hmm. Uh. You know, and the thing about it, those two albums with me is the first drum kit that I ever owned. Wow. It's on both of those albums. Dope. That's crazy. Yeah. Dope. That's crazy. How about... And, oh, go ahead. And it, it, it's, it was an inexpensive kit, but I put Remo heads on it. Mm-hmm. And I got zildjian cymbals. Yeah, nice. And that did the trick. 
That's what's up. You, you still have you, that you drum set? To... Go ahead. Do you still have that drum set? Yeah. Nice. Nice. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's beautiful. I still do. That's what's up. Yeah, I, I, I don't play them. I have them put away up in store yeah 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 sure best, sure that's yeah. the best you know on I that know, but... on that drum kit one song that i like that you played on that or i guess you're saying you played on that um ain't no change ain't no change uh, let's check yeah. out a little bit of that and i'm gonna ask you about that ain't no change this yeah. is new birth from it's been a long time 1973 ain't no change Rehearsals run. How did you run rehearsals? Um, such a big group of people. Who who is like the band leader at rehearsals? James Baker mm-hmm. was like a musical director. Melvin Wilson was the leader of the vocals. Okay. And how often? Uh, how often? Like, what kind of a rehearsal schedule would you be on? Like, if you're going to get ready for a tour or. I mean, we used to live together. Wow. <laughs> I love that. I'm so jealous of stuff like right? that. Right? Yeah. So it was It was like every day. Dope. Mm. I mean, it's like... That's why it's so cohesive. You know, yes. You know, we get up and, you know, we'll, we'll work on this tune. We'll work on this tune. <laughs> yeah. There, no. there was some recordings that we did the tapes were lost. Oh. Some hmm? of the best. If this stuff could have been released, but the egos mm. got in the way. That's and it's good. like, no, here's my song. Here's my song. Here's my song. And um, how about um, another one, just another one from that? I really like Pains of Love. Uh, oh, God. God, the bass I love, You like I Pains love of Love? That. I love that song. All right. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad. I was hoping I'd find something yeah. you'd like. <laughs> Let's hear that, and then we'll talk about what you love about it. 
song robin huh yeah i do man it alan fry who he was not the lead vocalist but alan did some things at the end of this song Mm -hmm. that i mean it's just magic Mm -hmm. it's just magic uh you know he he should have been featured more but you know leslie was the dominant Thing. That's who the record company said. No, this voice. Yeah. You know, uh, but yeah, we Alan were talking Fry. about. We talked about that a little bit with JW too. You saying how record companies would tend to dictate which vocalists they wanted to hear more of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man, but I'm <laughs> here. I go. I hope I don't get big headed. <laughs> but <there, laughs> There's a, a song from, um, God, the second album, uh, been such a long time, called Keep On Doing It. Oh, yeah, Keep On Doing It. Yeah, yeah. The drum track is, it was a concept that I had. You listen to that drum track, you know, it's it's simple, but it's tasty. Right. And it, it it was just something, and I still that that's like one of my favorites. Yeah, man, we love the love the uh, the bass and drum work on that song too, man. It's so intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's Leroy and I were just in tune. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but that that is like just one of my favorites, man. It's mm. like. God, but we did we did so much, you know. It's it's just kind of hard to narrow it down. It depends on what mood you're in, right? Uh, and when you were when you were touring it with New Birth, 
you told me you were you would still go out and like try to get jams going like after you do a show you still go out after hours and like play with other people like go somewhere else and play with some other musicians and stuff right all the time yeah all the time seems like you're you know, always like searching always on to trying to get on to the next thing you know yeah you know that that was just me you know because mm -hmm. after the show i wasn't ready to to stop right. <laughs> <laughs> where's everybody going <laughs> yeah you know and you know i was known for that yeah. right musicians across the country knew if Newberg comes in town, Robin's going to come out and jam with you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever yeah. um have you ever gotten into teaching like a drum clinic or anything like that, Robin? Um you know, I've I've had students mm -hmm. from from time to time, but not know, as a regular it, deal. It, it 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 takes a certain amount of discipline mm -hmm. to do that yeah. but you seem to have all the discipline yeah but it, not all the time <laughs> you, know, it, you know it's it's like i can do that for a certain amount of time because actually it it can be kind of frustrating yeah. i mean yeah. because you, you, you especially if you're teaching someone where they're going from point zero, yeah, right, and and it's like, okay, <laughs> basic. I'm going, I'm, I'm, I'm going to show you some stuff. I'm going to, but you know, it it gets to me. Yeah, it's especially like, if they don't practice. That's what you're really trying to say, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you don't, you can yeah, give them yeah. all that shit, but if they don't come back with results and what have you, that's frustrating. It's they don't apply hell. themselves. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you know, I've done it. I would probably do it again. Yeah. You know, I I give a person a chance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it, you know, it it, it really knocks me out like if i just i play all over the place right but, you know a lot of times i'll do i might play at somebody's house party yeah and there there are kids there right and they hear me and they say i want to learn from him and i'm like <laughs> I'll, I'll try it i'll try it but you know if you frustrate me yeah um, um, I have to walk. Right, right. <laughs> I like that attitude. Or you can yeah. just make the price, you know, like a hundred dollars, and if they're serious about it, right? You know, if they pay yeah. that, you know, you got a, you got a serious student. You yeah, know what I'm yeah. That's a that's you a know. good point too. How about physical yeah. training? Because you, I, mean, I don't know, man. You you just going like the Energizer Bunny. Do you do any like martial arts or anything like that? How do you stay in shape? Is it just the drumming? No, I I do walking. I like to walk. Nice. Okay, where do you like to walk? Like around the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. Mm. Nice. That's my favorite place. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> it's kind of crazy because people, I'll get up at three o'clock in the morning 
and walk around the Rose Bowl. <laughs> you don't sleep too much, do you? <laughs> this guy likes to move at three. <laughs> you know, um, it's, it's just, it's something about before the sun comes up. Mm-hmm. You like that time. Something about that time of the morning. Yeah, speaks yeah. to you. You know, because it, it, when the sun comes up, you know, you have to put on sunglasses. Right. Hey, Robin, what yeah. do you think about this, uh, the song, I Wash My Hands of the Whole Damn Deal? Oh, God. I love it. Let's check that out. I wash my hands yeah. the whole damn deal from Coming From All Ends album, 1974, New Birth. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Muddy. That's a chorus. I love that song. Hey, Robin, so you you were always good friends with, um, I forgot to ask you, you were always good friends with Blackbird McKnight. And the th- and, oh, you, and you and uh, somebody else, you were trying to start a trio with him after New Birth, right? But it, it, never, uh, it never came to fruition. What happened? Uh, actually, we were, yeah, yeah, we had a trio. Uh, me, Blackbird, bass player, Malachi. Right, Malachi, and, that's what it was. Yeah. And we were working on the stuff. And. Were you working on originals and stuff? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was all original. Uh, but Blackbird had his desire to, to play with Parliament Funkadelic. Mm-hmm. And he got the call. While we were, you know, in the middle of, you know, doing our little thing. Damn. And, yeah. you know, I think I think he thought that we got mad at him, <laughs> but I was happy for him. Yeah. Sure, it's like, sure, man, right. You know, that's what you wanted. Right, right. I mean, you know, we're, we're doing our thing, but we're still, we're still the best of friends. That's great. That's great, man. Uh, you know, still the best of friends. You know, and you know, when he left, I mean, he just 
He got to do what he wanted to do. Yep. Play play with Parliament fucking dog. I just and saw Blackbird. A, I just saw Blackbird perform with George last July in Atlanta. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he he's still, you know, he, he's still there. Uh, you, you know, maybe not all the time, mm-hmm. but man, I have some tapes of just me and Blackbird. Wow, that must be great to mm-hmm. listen to. Oh man, it blows people away. It's like wow. that's not two people. <laughs> wow. I don't know. We were you guys under contract? We, Did he have to break a contract to go play with George? No. Okay, no. so you were just getting it together. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Got you. Uh, but this one tape that I have a Blackbird and I, we both were like at the peak of our chops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I let people hear this thing, and it, everybody said, that's not two people. Wow. I, when like, when do we get is. to hear it? Yeah, really. Yeah, when do we get to hear it? <laughs> yeah, you have, to, I have to let you hear this. You do. Mm-hmm. It's mandatory. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, it we it was progressive stuff. Yeah. It was like I don't know who I could compare it with. I I could say maybe yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, huh? Yeah, McLaughlin, John yeah, okay. McLaughlin. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, I mean, Mahavishnu just style. Tony Williams. Yeah, just, the stuff was just. <laughs> It still blows me away. Are we talking about I a reel-to-reel tape here, by the way? It's it's on a cassette. It's on a cassette because uh. we're we're sitting in an analog to digital studio oh, right now. Wow. I forgot that. <laughs> you can mail it wow. here. We can transfer it for you right we'll now. Some <laughs> okay, okay. And you also, uh, besides with Blackbird, um, after New Birth, you also did some gigging. Fuqua got you touring with Sylvester. Yep. Yeah, and yep. also uh, let's see, uh, Richard Berry, the guy that wrote Louis Louis. Yeah, and uh, yep. Danny Flores, the guy that wrote Tequila. Yeah, you, you uh, toured yep. with all those cats, huh? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that's how how blessed I've been. I mean, sure when I was growing when I was growing up, Tequila and Louis Louis. Yeah, yeah, were my favorite songs. Right. And how I got to grow up and play with the original people that wrote amazing. those songs. Jeez. God, come on, man! It's amazing, man. And what about yeah. your what about your current gigs? You say you're playing in eight or nine different configurations. Uh, you want to let us know about any of that stuff, or talk to you talk to us about what kind of gigs you've been playing lately? It, it's, it's a combination blues. Rock, R and B, even some country and western. Yeah, <laughs> you know, nice. It's 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 like I'm on call. You got a manager, or you just manage yourself. I do. It's just me. Yeah. Wow. You know, it's just word word of mouth. I never get bored. I bet because man. it's different. I bet. It's just, I'm, I'm playing with different people. Playing different stuff, right? 
And it, it, it's like, Inspiring. I'm loving it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Let's check out um, one last thing um, off the Blind Baby album. I really like this song mm-hmm. called I Remember Well. Mm. Uh, let's hear some of that. to the sound of my voice. We have been talking to the creme de la creme, the drummer's drummer, Robin Russell. And Robin, I want to ask you um, a couple more things before we sign off. Let me ask you this. This is rhythm section questions, okay? What mm-hmm. is something over the years, you're an expert, What when a, when a bass player is doing something wrong, what are, they, what are they usually doing or not doing? What's a typical, if you hear a bass player and say, that guy can't play very well, what what are you usually hearing or not hearing? It's it, it's the pocket. Mm-hmm. If the guy does not have pocket, you know it. it he, he loses it. Yeah. I mean, it's like you're, you're lost. You're lost. If you have pocket, and then some tasty chops on top, mm-hmm. that's when you're rocking. Mm-hmm. Pocket with tasty yeah. chops on top. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I think I ordered that for lunch the other day. Matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> I just made it funny. No, uh, but how about how about drummers? Hot pocket. How about drummers then, uh, Robin? How about drummers? Like when you hear a drummer and you go, "Oh my god," uh, people might be like, ah, "That drummer's great," and you're like, "Oh my god, that's not so great." Oh, what are they usually doing wrong? Um. Usually, where some drummers go wrong, they try to overplay. Yeah, you know, it's it's like it still it boils down to pocket. pocket. Yeah, and if they don't have pocket, it don't work for nobody. No, yeah, yeah. and and that's interesting to hear you say that because you're a very busy drummer, but you're still in the pocket. You know, and you still abide by that. Yeah, you know, and. You know, 
people have told me that. You know, it's like you're in the pocket, but you can play all kinds of other stuff too. Yep. But but still be in the pocket. That's and mm-hmm. that's something that God gave me. You know, it's you know, like a like got to get a nut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can do uh, You know, it it's like I was all over the place, all over the drums. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was still in the pocket. Yeah, that's right. And tasty. That's right. Still in the pocket. By the um, way, by the way, everybody, um, there's a great CD that you could pick up on Amazon. It's called Drum Beats, the Griffith Park Series, Volume 1. And that is an album of Robin Russell playing the drums with such song titles as Woodpecker's Confession, Jay Stone, The Griffith nice. Park Stomp, Call of the Wild, Before Sunrise, Dancing Winds, and my favorite song, Watch Out for the Orange Smoke. No, I made up that last one. <laughs> Run from the Orange Smoke. <laughs> no, but anyway, this is a this is a tasty uh, CD. It's just a CD of oh, wonderful recordings of Robin playing the drums. I'm and about each to download it yeah, right now. It, you could just download it. You can get a CD version. You can get Add an it. MP3. Jay Stone just bought one himself while he's sitting here, and. Uh, it's just been an honor to talk to you, Rob, but thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Um, this is a great way to stop, start off our new year, and I'm glad to hear that you're feeling good. I'm sorry that we played a couple of songs that aren't your, your favorite, but I just wanted to discuss your career with you. <laughs> but I appreciate you being honest. But actually, those are the kind of answers I'm looking for. Those are the kind of, you know, kind of things I like to find out from musicians. So thanks for talking yeah. to us. Yeah, yeah. well, I... I really appreciate this opportunity. Right. Um, you know, and I really, truly appreciate it. Oh, and, thanks, uh, man. You know, because, you know, sometimes people are just not recognized. Yeah, they sure are. Uh, yep. And people want to hear from you because they listen to you all the time. Yep. If it ain't here, it's somewhere else in the world. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, and they want to be like, man, I want you, I wanted to know what he was doing on that song, but damn, he just explained it. And people just don't, people just aren't asking enough of those questions. So I'm, I'm th- I want to thank you for answering them for us, Robin, because right. um, it's it's food for thought. It's not just fun to talk to you, but we actually learned a lot today as well. So, I'm telling you. what are you gonna What are you gonna do today? You gigging tonight? No, no, tonight, no, nothing up tonight. Okay. Um, you gonna and go I, walking I, around the Rose Bowl? What are you gonna do? I know you're getting up at three to do something. Tasty chops, baked potatoes. Yeah, some tasty chops. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll probably wind up at the Rose Bowl, you know, in the wee wee hours. Right. Yep. But you know, I'm I'm kind of suffering because football season is over. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm a diehard football fan, and, you know, the playoffs are here, but, you know, there's no more Monday night football. Uh, There's no more Thursday night football. So, you know, I I just have to wait it out to the Super Bowl, and then 
wait until late August. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, football. Yeah, when it comes back. Yeah, Uh, jeez. But you know, I'm I'm really really a hardcore football fan, man. Well, right on, Robin. Um, it's been great speaking with you, and um. I'll get in touch with you soon. I'll let you know when we post this episode. And it's been a pleasure, my brother. Um, is is well, there anybody you'd like to say hello to before we say goodbye? I I would just like to thank thank everyone that you know is interested in what I do and uh, what you guys do and. Uh, just happy New Year! Happy yeah. New Year to happy you New too. Year, that's what's up. All right. Thank you. Let's make it a great one. You're going to see okay. us at the Rose Bowl one of these mornings. Yeah, we'll see. We're going to just show up. Fucking <laughs> waiting okay. for you. All right, Sounds Robin. Sounds good to me. Sounds good. Okay. Okay, have okay. a good afternoon. Bye-bye. I can't believe I ate the whole thing. But you did eat it, Ralph. You know good and darn well you ate it. Look, boy, Blue, go blow your home. You break your neck trying to blow your home. <laughs> Installment for 2020. Right. We knocked it out the park, and uh, it was great talking to Robin Russell, picking his brain about his drum skills and all his experience. And I definitely wish him well in the future. He is a very, very active man, and I'm glad that his health is going well and yeah. his life is going well. For sure. And uh, he was really nice to us actually about doing the interview too. So I thank him for that. He was really, uh, really appreciative to us, which is amazing because, you know, he's already got it all. He's had it all, you know? Right. And uh, you know what? Uh, since we're in a thanking mood, I want to make sure. I just occurred to me uh, the other day, I want to thank Rusty Allen one more time. Okay. For basically, we're talking about new birth, uh, giving birth to this podcast. Right. He's for taking a chance on us and setting the standard, basically, for what the show should be right, right from Jump Street. We were basically nothing, just coming out of the ether, scratching yeah. our head, trying to figure out what we're doing. And he and his manager, B. Crit Freeman, helped us out with that. And you know what? I want to have him come back in sometime and do a, awesome. do a follow-up and yeah. chat with him some more. Yeah. Um, there's a couple other things that really been bugging me. Um, on the second episode of Ace Out Podcast, Jay Stone, in the beginning, mm-hmm. I'm talking about musicians. Right. And I say Rodney Skeet Collins. 
that's been driving me nuts. Oh, really? Because <laughs> three charge, my sister-in-law told me that it's not safe. We shouldn't go in and try to fix that once it's posted. Right. It drives me crazy because it sounds like I'm an asshole. Like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Right. So it's Rodney Skeet Curtis. Curtis. Who, by the way, I would love to have on as a guest. And uh, Alex, you've seen Rodney Skeet Curtis perform because he was the bass player at that Maceo show we watched that one time. Yeah. The big, big brother. He is a genius. He's the one that played all the bass on when we were talking to JW on all those sessions. Okay. And anyway, Rodney Skeet Curtis, not Collins. Also, I said JW in episode five was an alumni of P-Funk. Mm -hmm. And the correct word is alumnus. Yes. And because I used to be an English teacher, stuff like that drives me nuts. You know, I don't speak perfectly in person, but when I listen back, I hear the mistakes. Word. Alumnus is sing singular, Jay Stone. Okay. Alumni is plural. plural. It's more than one person. Okay. It's a common mistake, and I am very common, evidently. That's what's up. Hey, hey, you don't have to agree with me so fast. <laughs> All right. Talking about uh, Ricky Vincent's favorite funky releases of 2019, Jay Stone, I just wanted to dig in a little deeper before we sign off and read what he wrote because oh, I'm so proud of it. I couldn't believe it. Um, so, by the way, uh, Ricky Vincent, the author of The History of Funk Book, who's also a professor at UC Berkeley and also does the show History of Funk every Friday on KPFA. On January 2nd, he put out a posting on the Facebook page for History of Funk show. And the first paragraph of this um, piece that he wrote that also mentions Shaka Khan, reissues by Prince J. Stone, mm -hmm. and reissues by uh, House Guest, which is Bootsy and Cashfish uh, early band. Yeah. He writes the following paragraph. As for the brand new funk, this year there were a few that stood out above the fray. The Bay Area's Funkonauts finally realized all of the potential they showed with previous deep-ass albums like Reclaiming the Pyramids. Mm. But this time, leader and conceptualist Jay Stone went next level, creating the Bible, basic instructions before leaving Earth. That sheet, he spelled it S-H-E-E-T, <laughs> that sheet has 12 tracks of Dark Thunder with some trippy interludes from Jay that set the mood for the stank funk to follow. What about the people? Fully mentalized. He talking about. Funk junkie. I can never be. All of the jams hold together with a level of ghetto glue that OG funk has always been about. In this case, it is because of the ridiculous car guitar work of Jay Stone and Brother P. Congratulations, Patrick Owens, on that. The bass work of Ace Allen, hey, he mentioned me, and underrated keyboard work from Osha Savage. Right on, Osha. This disc dropped hard in September and still spins in my player on the daily and never loses that stank. And you guys, if you see some uh, live stream footage that uh, Jay's wife Tina took while we were recording that, while we were playing live, at uh, Ricky Vince's birthday party on December 27th, you'll see that uh, people were dancing, having fun in the studio, including Ricky Vincent, yeah. who was just, he was just bugging out and having a really good time that night. So thank you again, Ricky. Jay, what do you think of this accomplishment of uh, him choosing his best album, which he definitely didn't have to do? Man, it's, I'm just really uh, surprised in the, in the first place, and, and I think naive at the same time, because... 
you naive. Know, just being a guitar player, I, I, they started all these songs started off as riffs, mm-hmm. you know, in my room or in the living room or whatever, mm-hmm. and then just developed with the drum machine and what have you, and then made into a full song and right. You know, and to me, it's just that. It's just like something that I could just, you know, whip out anytime I get write songs all, every day. Sure. But for them to be recognized by by Ricky Vincent, the Uhuru magnet, the the personality that he is, and the you know, I know his brother used to play with in a band with his brother back in the day. His name is Tail. Oh yeah, right. You told me that. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. And right. so just being. Uh, recognized by Ricky and and appreciated and all the recognition that we're getting from there man it's it's really incredible I'm very grateful and thankful for uh, for all that and surprised at the same time right on, man. that's a beautiful thing and it's cool to get that perspective I saw that uh, your man uh speaking of Rick Rick Campbell yeah sometimes he feels like he's not getting credit yeah. And I, so I just want to point him out, shout him out now. Rick uh, just sounds great lately on the percussion, and he's been really killing it. Oh, man, I he's love got, Rick. He's just got a lot of chops and a lot of things going on. We should have him come in and talk to him a little bit, yeah. too. Rick like, has played on all the Funkin' CDs, all five of them. And he has a lot of great stories, and he's an OG. Oh, and my God. He needs to be recognized, I think. Yeah. And also, I um, also want to shout out, uh, when, you, when you guys listen to the recording, I just want to shout out uh, McFab. Uh, when I used to be a fan of Funkin' I would go see the shows. I would watch you guys. I would just be in the audience. Yeah. Brother P would be bass player. Yeah. You had Steve on the keyboards. McFab was a drummer, and I was yeah. just a fan. So it's a trip just playing with them now, and I wanted to shout him out too. Yeah. Um, you guys, I'm going to see you soon. Uh, we're going to play live in the studio here with Stymie. It's been another great episode. And let's listen to one of those songs that got praised so nicely. Uh, from the Bible, Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth. You can get it anywhere where music is sold. And come see us again for next installment, y'all. Yes, please. Uh, oh, by the way, Otis Jones. Otis Jones, man, you represent. I love you, Otis Jones. All right. This is he talking about from Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth. Holla. Bye, everybody.
talk about.